I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, my guest today is Joe Whiteman. He is a runner. Uh, he bikes, swims, and he's a retired radiologist and from northern New Mexico. So thank you for joining me today. Yes, thanks. Yeah. It's great to be here. <laughs> you know, my first question is, how did you get into running? Oh, boy, that's a tough question, Sebastian. You know, I don't know why I got into running. I, I didn't start running until I was 40, and um, I don't know, I just, it just started happening. My, my wife had been running before then, and I guess she helped get me into it some, and I don't know, I just started. There was no reason. I never did anything athletic in my life. I never did anything athletic until I started running. and he just got up one day and said all right i'm just gonna get out there and start moving (laughs) well you know i i think i started early with the idea of it's got to be fun i'm only going to do runs that make me want to do another run tomorrow so i took it pretty easy for a while that's good i think that's a great way to to look at it and where you you said your wife had had been running uh before that um, yeah. Would she, would she go on runs with you too? Never. <laughs> she quit by the time she quit by the time I started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we lived up in Guinness Canyon. You know, it was a lovely place to go for runs. We got it was great. Yeah, I bet. I mean, for those that haven't been to to northern New Mexico, I mean, you've got it's it's just beautiful there and and lots of little trails and lots of places that you can just explore kind of on your own right yeah and pretty much of a dead-end road up into the mountains so no extra traffic just local folks there and um, amazingly beautiful countryside to be just present in and since that time so you started at 40 and you're 80 this year right right i'm 80 years old so you've been running for 40 years, didn't start till you were till you were 40, and you've just kind of fallen in love with it, haven't you? Well, yeah, you know, it gets better all the time. Um, I've always liked running, but it was sort of a self-reinforcing activity for me because it was always somehow or another over the long run better. I was slow starting. I didn't run a marathon for five years. I ran a little bit at a while and at a time, and I ran my first marathon when I was 45. But there were some local people who um, were quite encouraging. There was this guy named Herbie Lucero, who was my barber here in Las Vegas. And he was kind of a chunky little guy and real hairy, and his feet kind of flopped out, you know. And he could just run circles around me. (laughs) And he was a real inspiration. That's great. And and you guys had a, a whole little group that that started kind of 
running together there in Vegas, right? Right. It was a, a, a lot of nice support in Las Vegas. We had uh, a bunch of annual runs that we did, like the Manuelitas Relay. And uh, God, that was a silly thing. You know, we, we started out in Manuelitas and ran to Story Lake, and that's exactly 15 miles. So it was meant to be a three-man race, and people did it all different ways. But there was Zanny presence and a barbecue, and it was a lot of togetherness and a lot of mutual support. So we had a good time with that stuff. I, I remember the Monolithus run. That was uh, always a fun one. I, I remember doing it myself, doing, doing it as part of a relay. Yeah. And I remember actually the last time I ran it, I, I did the, the full 15 and that was, that was fun. Well, I think we all had a good time and it was a, it was a good group of runners. We used to get out, uh, people would gather on the plaza at Sunday morning at seven thirty and go for a run together. You know, we, it was a lot of togetherness back in those days. Yeah, absolutely. And took that you did some marathons you ended up you ended up running the hundredth of for boston right i did yeah with your dad what was that experience like well it was uh it was way fun in the first place qualifying for that son of a gun was just about the toughest thing i ever did i had to run you know uh, a marathon in a qualifying time in my case that was uh 335 i believe and I did it with 20 seconds to spare. Man, it was tough. <laughs> wow. That was in, I, I qualified in Sacramento, one of the easier marathons in the world. And wow. <laughs> How many marathons had you run prior to, to that Boston? I don't know, about 15, I guess. 15 at that point. Wow. So you, you, were, you were experienced with it, but you had to hit that time. Yeah, 12, 15, I don't know how many, but quite a few marathons. Mm -hmm. I had tried before, one time, five years before, when I was 50, I thought I was going to make it, and I missed the qualifying time by one minute. Wow. <laughs> That's, uh, that must have been heartbreaking. <laughs> that was okay. I had a good time. It was in San Diego, and it was a great marathon. <laughs> oh, man. And in... So you've also run the Grand Canyon several times. Yeah, I guess I've run the Grand Canyon at least 15 times in the last 20 years. And um, we usually, you know, we usually take off from Las Vegas at Friday morning and drive straight to the North Rim and camp out in the National Forest right outside the park. And... Then early in the morning, the next morning, we get up at first light and get out there and start running. So from the North Rim down to the river, it's about 15, 16 miles, something like that. So I'm down at the river at 9.30 or 10 o'clock, even if I go really slow. And then I hang around down there for a half hour, and then I've got the rest of the day to sort of chug out. Years ago, I used to run the whole thing. Now I just mostly run down and walk up, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, still kind of think that running for that long is hard. You, you're putting a lot of wear on the knees. You're going to get a lot of injuries. And, you know, have you dealt with 
with knee injuries from from running so much? You know, I've never had any knee injuries to speak of. That is, I've had patellar tendonitis a little bit, and I've had iliotibial band syndrome a little bit. But those are just little things that you have to deal with. I mean, they come and go, but I've never, you know, had knee arthritis, for example, or hip arthritis. I think, I think it's use it or lose it, man. I don't, I'm not a believer in this business about it's going to wear your body out. It's not going to wear your body out. It's going to take care of your body to use it. I, I completely agree with you on that. <laughs> sure. And there's lots of, nowadays, there's lots of, of scientific research to, to verify that. Right, right. I just saw something recently about that as well. And, and so how have you, you know, again, you kind of started later, you know, you didn't, you didn't have those younger times as, as maybe a 20, 30 year old where you're like, Oh, I was, I was fast. I'm never going to be that fast again. But how do you, how do you keep yourself motivated you know, as you get a little bit older, as you slow down a bit and and just want to keep getting out there? For me, running is a self-motivating activity. I mean, I um, it it makes my head happy. It's, it's good for me. My wife is happier if I run. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's it's something that I just love to do and I don't need to be any, I don't need any spurring to keep motivated. I, I think that's great. <laughs> and and so the running led to doing some biking and doing some swimming as well, right? Well, sure. Um, I don't know the running led to that, but um, I love to bike and swim as well. And I've done a bunch of triathlons and, you know, all that stuff is kick. It's all fun for me. That's amazing. Actually, I was a swimmer all my life. I, you know, I was a lifeguard when I was a teenager and stuff. So I'd always been a swimmer, never competitive, but able to swim good enough. That's, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's it's like, uh, in some ways, life goes from one event to the next. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I'm kind of centered around this stuff. Yeah, you just, you know, it's it's amazing to me that you are you're still as active now as as when I knew you when I, when I was younger. You know, my my dad, you know, just recently told me that he ran into you. You were out, you know, jogging out, and and he ran, you know, he saw you, and you know, it's it's awesome to know that you're still out there and still still bringing you the joy that it did when you started. One of the challenges is getting over the times. You know, you can start getting so much slower. You just have to be happy with whatever time it is and don't worry about it anymore. I guess the research shows that people usually get faster for 10 years. Wherever you start, you got 10 years to get faster and then it's downhill. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I, I got all my PRs when I was 50. Wow. And it's been downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and you recently had um, a biking accident, right? Yeah, I know it. I was bicycling down 8th Street 
and crossing an intersection and watching the traffic and hit a uh, pothole, I guess, and um, woke up kind of getting into the ER and I broke my hip and I had a concussion. So that's been a major event in my life. For one thing, it's exactly three months ago now and I'm only now starting to run again. And thank goodness I'm running again, even what it is. <laughs> but going that long without the usual activities, without being outside very much, between the broken hip and the epidemic, um, one has to reinvent life in some ways. Right. And and so how did you keep yourself kind of from going stir crazy without having that, you know, those outlets? Oh, I'm stir crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a great wife who took wonderful care of me and uh, uh, it's, it's just uh, it's a challenge all the time well I think it's amazing after three months and a hip and breaking it and, and you're already out there you know trying to run a mile as, as best as you can and, and I think that's that's amazing there's a lot of people I don't I don't know if they would be able to do that I ran two miles yesterday, way slow, but that's the furthest I've run so far. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But before I broke my hip, I was running a lot because of the, the epidemic and everything. So I was running about 30 miles a week before I broke my hip. Well, that's pretty good. What, what's yeah, the highest running. mileage you ever ran, like when you were you know, training for your marathons and stuff? Uh, I don't know what the highest, but maybe um, 45, okay. probably 45 miles in a week. Maybe one time when I was 50 or something. And do you, do you normally, if, if you run on a day, do you normally then do a swim or is it kind of you alternate between the swimming, the biking, the running? Um, I don't do any of that stuff now because there's no place to swim here, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was swimming in Story Lake two times a week before I broke my hip in August. Wow. It was great swimming out there. My God, Story Lake is lovely, you know. <laughs> it's, it can be a little chilly. <laughs> well, it's, it is. It's, that's what happened. It got too cold after I got over my fracture a little bit. Then, you know, by the time I was going again, it was too cold. I've got a wetsuit, so I can swim pretty cold, but, but it, it got me shivering pretty bad, so I quit. Right. Unfortunately, and there's no pool that's available to swim in here now, so I'm out of luck on that. I would really, really like to swim. Feels so much better for the upper body, you know, and stuff to get moving. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you ever do the uh, New Year's Day polar plunge at Story Lake? I've done it almost every year. <laughs> now, do you do? Do you wear the wetsuit for that, or? Oh no, that's a. <laughs> That's a bathing suit jump. <laughs> I mean, always do that. I've, I usually get some family members to do it with me. Becky does it usually. That's and how oh, I, I can't imagine how cold. I mean, I know some years they they've got to break away ice to sure. to do that. If you don't have to break the ice, you feel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> That's just amazing. I just it's just so awesome to me that that 
you know, all these years and you, you've continued to stay active and you've continued to, you know, kind of do these things, I, I think partially for your own mental health, but to just kind of keep on moving. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's inspirational to me. Well, I, lo- I love it. You know, like I say, it's a self-motivating thing. I uh, go because it makes me feel good. It makes me happy, clearly. Right. That's, that's, that's great. You know, you, you talked about the Monolithus run, um, and, you know, you, you kind of helped organize it, right? Not very much. Uh, it was mostly, you know, the Winstons were quite uh, instrumental and the Estradas and, I don't know, some various local families. And I was um, more a hanger-on. <laughs> well, I think every, you know, anytime you're putting on a race, any, any hanger-ons that are, are willing to help is just sure. helps, helps uh, spread out the, the work for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I like to support all the local races I can. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, was kind of sad. You know, they're, obviously this year they didn't have the fourth of the the fiestas of the 4th of July run, but the year before where they didn't have the, the 4th of July run was kind of disappointing, you know, after so many years of, of it being organized. Well, the 4th of July run happened both of those times. It just wasn't organized, but there was a, a group of people who ran the course on one of those days, both years. There were probably about 12, 15 of us this year. I knew I knew there was a group that got together two years two years ago now, but yeah. um, I didn't I didn't know about the this year. But you know, at the obviously I wasn't traveling myself, so I think uh, Doug Hughes was one of the leading lights in making that happen. Yeah, that makes sense. He was always involved in a lot of the the local races and and getting oh, yeah. organization around. And and so you've talked about you know you've got a couple of daughters and. I know I ran with with one of them, Becky. Um, she was she was a little older than me. Um, but did Deborah run as well? Deborah didn't run. She uh, hasn't done any competitive athletics uh, since she was a little girl. She's at times been an awesome hiker. Well, that's I mean that's movement. Hiking is is amazing and getting out there in in itself. And you know going back to when to when Becky was running was it um did you were you proud and, and enjoying watching her in those races and and you know kind of being like you know you had been running and now that she had taken it up you know I don't remember much of watching her in races somehow or another I know she she ran in high school but I must have been somewhere else most of the time I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but she's still running Oh, that's good. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> She's pretty um, good, too. I, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to, you know, get in contact with her at some point and talk about that in, in the old days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, you talked about, you, you've done a, a several different marathons and, you know, are able to do the Boston and, and you, know, you talked about Sacramento being being fun and nice and and San Diego and do you have a favorite marathon that you've run? You know this this I, I must have done San Diego about five times. It was in December, as I remember, when it was cold here 
and um, it was a for years it was a family vacation. We all went out there and stayed in this motel, the Bahia, there in the middle of the bay, and it was so fun to be in San Diego, and uh, such a nice break from the winter here in the world here that that was an extremely nice experience for all of us. And so that's a really nice marathon. I mean, they have one in Phoenix in January that I've run a number of times. That's a very nice marathon too. I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the last one you ran? Um, it might be in Phoenix. It might be the Phoenix one. Yeah. It's been a long time. I run half marathons more often now. What was, uh, what was the last half marathon you ran? I think the last half, well, the last half was just at home. I just went out and went running one time and ran, you know, a half marathon. But probably the last organized half marathon was Duke City, I think, a couple of years ago. That's, that's a nice half marathon, yeah. Yeah, that is. Flat course, everything. Right. And, you know, so you, you're retired now. You're a radiologist. Uh, did you find yourself kind of picking up more, you know, more activities and having more time once you retired? Or did you feel like it kind of stayed about the same because you were a little bit older? Um, you know, when I was a radiologist, I worked in the hospital here in Las Vegas. And the running was a vital part of my life then. I used to uh, leave the, ex the, hos the hospital every day at noon and go running. And it was usually a 30 or 40 minute run out Cinder Road and back. And by going out and taking a middle of the day run when I was, uh, you know, working, it revitalized me. Uh, the radiologist uh, is typically in the basement of the hospital with no windows. And the department is full of scared, nervous patients and, and overwrought technicians and demanding doctors. And um, a lot of stress in a radiology department, strangely enough. So uh, getting out there in the sunlight and taking um, 30 or 40 minutes to feed myself uh, supported the rest of my day and made things work really better for me. So I did a lot of that for a lot of years. And uh, sure, after I retired, there was more time for running and whatever other kind of activities I wanted to do. That's, that's great. Uh, you know, did you find yourself was, the you know, you talked about the running kind of feeding yourself. Were you kind of using it to, to kind of decompress, you know, everything that you were seeing during the day or, or was it just kind of, you know, it started off that way and your mind just kind of started wandering as you. Well, it's a stress reliever and it's something that I, I told patients that, that I came in contact with, you know, it's a good thing to take time off just for yourself. We go through our lives and we have demands and demands and demands. And, you know, it's a good thing to block out some time. Go take yourself for your own activity that's for nobody but you. So it felt good to me to do it. And I think it works. I, I agree. I think, <laughs> you know, it's definitely for me. I mean, I'm, I'm still young enough where I'm, where I'm chasing some times and some, um, 
uh, things I'd like to, to accomplish, but it is just a, a definitely a way to uh, kind of decompress from the day and, and, you know, not have to worry about things or, or sometimes to think about it to kind of get them out. <laughs> sure. Everybody needs to have time just for themselves, I think. Some little space where nobody else is accountable for what one does or doesn't do and, you know, something you love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so you, you said you you've done some uh, triathlons as well. Uh, were you doing like the the half, you know, uh, the full triathlons or or um, like oh, the sprint? I, right. I, I've done the Olympic marathon, the Olympic length, which is I think a one mile swim, uh, a forty k bike ride, and a ten k run. And we've had those at Story Lake a few times. And I've done those there. And I've also done, I did one down at Dexter one time or twice perhaps around here, there, and yonder. And then lately I've been doing shorter triathlons. Like I did a triathlon in the Senior Olympics the year before last, uh, which was um, uh, at uh, Cochiti. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know that you had uh, participated in the Senior Olympics. Oh yeah, what was that it's like? It's fun. Um, <laughs> wait a second, I'm talking. I'm talking that one last year before last. That was the that was the national senior Olympics, and it was in Albuquerque in the pool there at um, West Mesa High School, and then running out central, bicycling out central, and uh, running around the neighborhood there, uh, and that was fun. It was the it was a 400 yard swim and maybe a 20 K bike ride and a 5k run. It was a short triathlon, but it's always a kick. It's sort of silly thing to be doing, you know, <laughs> jumping out of the water and jumping on the pool and on the bike and putting on your shoes as fast as you can and all that stuff. But yeah, it was way fun. <laughs> how do you become, how do you uh, compete in a national uh, senior Olympics? Do you just sign up or do you have to like qualify for it or anything? Well, theoretically, you qualify, I believe. You qualify with your state, and the state uh, Olympic, the state senior Olympic group has qualifying races. But, of course, there weren't many people trying to run the triathlon, so um, I just had to tell them what I thought my time would be, and they said, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get close to the time? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I won third. Wow! But, but most of the people in the race were from New Mexico or somewhere near. Okay. The two guys that beat me, I think, were both from Santa Fe. So there wasn't a whole lot of uh, people. Yeah, I think there were twelve of us. Okay. I think there were twelve, maybe. It was a nice little race. Way fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's always interesting, um, you know, for a national race here, here now and in New Mexico in general, but usually in Albuquerque, you know, I think it's, it's awesome. It's great for the state. Um, but I know like for the uh, college division, NCAA division one, when, when we were, when we've hosted the track meet, the indoor track meet with the, with the beautiful indoor track that we have at the convention center, 
you know, some people kind of complain because they're, they're coming up to elevation, you know, they're coming up to 5,000 <laughs> feet. So I can't imagine, um, you know, obviously being, being a little bit older and, and going from sea level up to, to elevation to race would probably be a little, possibly a little bit more difficult. Well, I hope I wasn't taking unfair advantage of my competitors because of <laughs> being from a higher elevation. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, Vegas is even higher, 6,700 feet. And so, right. you know, training up there and then going down to those, to those marathons in San Diego and Sacramento and stuff must have, must have felt great. Oh, yeah, you're flying. <laughs> Just getting lungs, getting all that air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what, you know, out there in Vegas, you know, like you said, you, you were living out in Gainas, and I don't know if that's still where you're at, but um, there's obviously so many different areas to go run in town, outside of town, you know, flattish to basically mountain <laughs> climbing. Where's your favorite place to, or, or has been your favorite place to, to run around Vegas? Uh, well, I'm afraid that I um, go out my front door and run down the road. Uh, uh, that's where I run mostly. I also go out to the wildlife refuge. Very nice running out there. It's out in the middle of a field, you know, with, with pleasant scenery and no cars, and it's a great place to run. So I go out and run in the wildlife refuge. I don't know how many times I've run around that circle around Lake McAllister out there, but uh, that's one of my favorite places to run and walk also. I like to walk the nature trail out there. And then when, it's, um, when the weather is adverse, the best place to run in Las Vegas is 104. That's the road to Tucumcari because it's a state highway, so the state gets the plows out there, <laughs> and they plow off the, the shoulder, and it's a wide shoulder, and the sun shines on it, and when it's slushy and, and impossible everywhere else, it's perfect at 104. So I run out there quite a lot, particularly in the wintertime. Yeah, well, and that's uh, going out that way is, uh, is pretty hilly as well, <laughs> getting good work. Oh, yeah. Out. Oh, yeah, you get some good diversity out there going up those hills. <laughs> well, the the wildlife refuge, you know, obviously that's that's near where I grew up, and you know I loved it because it was all dirt for a long time. Now there's a little bit more pavement, but you know, just being able to be on dirt for up to twelve miles was was amazing. Right now, there's four miles of dirt and four miles of pavement. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. I saw the same, you, you talked about running on Cinder Road, and I remember when it was just kind of dirt and gravel, and now that's all paved as well. <laughs> I know it. It was all cinders when I rode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that must be a little bit better when you're biking, though, at least. Sure. <laughs> a little more, a few more options. There's plenty of nice places to bike here as well. Good places. And you have to watch for the potholes. Right. <laughs> And, you know, you talked about um, your other daughter, Deborah, being a good hiker. And, you know, you, you mentioned to me that you've done hiking as well. And, and even for uh, your 80th birthday this year, since you couldn't do the Grand Canyon with, you know, all the restrictions and everything, and I, I think it was closed down, um, you went on a, uh, on a hike for that. 
Uh, yeah, we go backpacking. Uh, we went uh, we went backpacking. I think we went up to Williams Lake and camped out. And then the next day, we took some little kids with us. And the next day, Becky and I climbed the top of Williams Lake and uh, not uh, the top of Wheeler Peak and then came back down and picked up the kids and hiked out. It was fun. You know, hiking uh, Wheeler Peak, I had to stop a couple of times to catch my breath. And there were young guys running, and they just ran right past you. It was amazing to see people darn running up Wheeler Peak, (laughs) 14,000 feet, and they're still running. Jesus. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You, you, You've done the the Grand Canyon so many times. I I was curious if you ever um, had ever tried a, a trail race or anything. Uh, let me think. No, I don't think so. I haven't done any real trail racing. Maybe a long time ago, but not recently anyway. And just sticking mostly to the roads now. <laughs> well, the Grand Canyon, of course, is all a trail. Right. And it's not really a race, but uh, <laughs> it works better for me if I run down to the bottom and get there before the weather gets hot. You know, at the bottom, it can be 100 degrees by noon. So I get down there early, and I'm halfway up by the time the the heat builds up down there. And that's and that's in May, right? I mean, that's I usually run in May. The Grand Canyon, the North Rim, doesn't usually open until the second weekend in May because of snow. The last time I ran it, when I was driving to the from my campsite to start running, it was 21 degrees. Wow! Cold was the devil up there at the top. I'm and sure. You, you know, then you run down a mile and suddenly it's a perfect temperature. (laughs) And I had no idea that the, you know, that the temperature, you know, shifted that much, you know, in the canyon. Yeah. It's a huge thing. I've been there when there's been snow drifts of four feet high at the top of the North Rim. Wow. And then the bottom is just nice. (laughs) Yeah, it it is. And it can be way hot at the bottom that time of the year, too. Yeah, I think my dad talked about people, um, you know, get, get being so warm that they had uh, some shoes melting back, yeah. you know, back before. Yeah, you I mean, try shoes. to run with crepe-soled shoes, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the real runners do over and back now. Right. When I'm running down, there are guys coming up who started at the South Rim, and they're going from the South Rim to the North Rim and then back across. Uh, did you ever do rim to rim to rim? Nope, never did. I think your dad did one time, though. Yeah, yeah. I know he had, he had done it, uh, I think, at least once, if not twice, but yeah. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, a, it's quite an accomplishment. I, I don't know if I could do it, but... <laughs> 48 miles. Yeah, and of course, it's five thousand feet vertical down to the bottom, six thousand feet from the north rim. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a lot. <laughs> and so, do you um, when you've done it? I mean, do you do you do you carry a a, a backpack with some food and fuel, or or do you do like the the running fanny packs, or how are you kind of carry your your supplies? All I have is a camelback and and. Um, three or four candy bars, three or four power bars. And that gets you through it. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. That's, that's awesome. Yep. No problem. (laughs) 
That's pretty amazing that, you know, again, like I just like, I keep on going back to this idea of, you know, it really doesn't matter where you started, but the fact that, you know, at, at 80 years old, you're still, you're still out there, you're still staying active, you're, you're hiking, you're biking, you're, you're recovering from from an injury, but you're still getting out there and, and running and, and I, I just, it, it's, um, gives me hope i, I want to be <laughs> i want to be able to continue that as i as i get older as well and and you know be able to have that time to just let my mind think and go and process i guess it's just what you like to do <laughs> oh you know i forgot about the trail running i used to run the pikes peak ascent every year oh really yeah i've done that nine times yeah that's 13 miles from Manitou Springs to the top of Pikes Peak. Right. And then that's yeah. a pretty good amount of elevation. I can't remember exactly yeah. what that is. It's 7,800 feet vertical. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, I, uh, I ran it pretty well, um, you know, for years. And then um, suddenly when I was 77, I got too slow. <laughs> and I got disqualified for taking too long. Oh, you missed the cutoffs. Yeah, so that was the end. That was it. <laughs> wow. 77 and you were still out there. That's amazing. Well, they're guys older, of course. Yeah. That's you know, I, I again I just it's um it's pretty inspiring to to talk to you and, and, and hear this stuff and you know, you've been able to keep yourself going and you know, there's a lot of people, I think, nowadays who are kind of moving, changing their diets and, and running and doing this stuff all vegetarian. And, and you're vegetarian, right? Or vegan? Um, I'm a vegetarian, except that I do eat salmon and sardines. Okay. So you are taking in some of that protein. And, and you've never, I mean, obviously, you've been able to... to be healthy and continue to run and, and keep, you know, all the nutrients and everything that you need for that. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so next year you're going to, you're going to be 81. You know, there's hope we'll have some vaccines or, or something. And right now you're, you're planning on, on hopefully being able to do the Grand Canyon again, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I can do it again if uh, next year, if if it's open and everything. That's that's pretty amazing. And how do you, you know, like you said, you you you're just got two miles in <laughs> today, and I know it's you know still about half a year away. How do you uh, just keep so positive that you know it's you're gonna you're gonna be on track for that? Well, we'll just see how it goes, you know, but I think it should be fine. All right. <laughs> right now, you know, you're just trying to trying to recover, but you know, do you ever see yourself not being active or not, you know, not having running or biking or swimming or is this something you're going to you're going to keep on doing until until you just physically can't anymore? Yeah, I would think, you know, it's something I would keep on doing until I can't. I can't imagine not. It's 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 pretty amazing to just 
here, you know, I can, I can just hear the joy <laughs> of, of, of this running, of all this activity. Like I just, as you talk, like there's just this joy of it. And, and, and I know you've talked about it several times. It's just, it's, it's, it's really nice to still hear that. There's plenty of older people who like to do outside stuff. You know, I just read in the paper yesterday that Jess Price died. Did you know Jess at all? No. He owned Price's Illfield Drugstore, a hardware store. Oh, you know, right. Years. But he was 93, I believe, when he died, and he used to be my skiing buddy. That son of a gun, he, he's 13 years older than I am, and all the time, you know, he was skiing down the steepest damn slopes in Taos, <laughs> and no matter what, we'd start together, and he'd be standing around at the bottom waiting for me to show up. That guy was so much faster. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. There are a lot of older guys who are very active. Yeah, that, you're right. You're right. There, there is quite a bit. It's just, you know, it's, um, you don't always get to, I don't always get to talk to them or, or see them. You know, sometimes I'll see them out on the, on the runs, you know, here in Albuquerque, uh, you know, especially at, I think around um, up at Tramway, that's kind of a big, big spot for a lot of people but i don't i don't but you're you're right there is there is quite a bit and and i mean there's plenty of records falling at at all at oh, ages, yep. which is which is amazing mm -hmm. um so do you did you just do uh downhill skiing or, or did you do some cross-country skiing as well I do both. yeah i've done both mostly i do downhill now uh i've got a little arthritis in my big toe that that is in the way of my cross country skiing, but I can still ski downhill okay. And um, we'll have to see how it goes with the hip this year, but I expect I'll be able to ski fine. That's what they tell me. <laughs> well, that's good. That's well, hopefully, we'll get some snow. It was a pretty uh, dry summer again, so hopefully, we get hey. some good snow. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it'll be free at Taos, I think, for me this year. So that sounds good. Oh really? Did they, I didn't realize because of eighty because of my age. Oh wow! <laughs> That's you just as long as you have the or is it the 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 tickets free or the equipment as well? No, the tickets are free. I got my own skis. That's that's amazing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely. was really ta skiing at Taos that brought me here in the first place. You know. Really. Yeah. Yeah, we lived in New York, and my wife and I skied every year. And so one year we went to Taos and stayed in the St. Bernard. And man, the sunlight was so nice in the winter time after New York. We just moved out here a couple of years later. Wow, were you, were you in New York City or? Yeah, yeah, I was in training in New York City. Wow, I mean that from New York City to uh, Little Las Vegas, that must have been a a pretty interesting transition. Sure. It was fun, though. <laughs> Did you ever uh, miss being around the crowds of people, or you were happy to kind of <laughs> have some space? I've always loved New York, and uh, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to be there. The energy just turns me on, and the streets full of people, and all the stuff happening all the time. And So I've always liked going to New York, ever since I was a teenager, and I'm still delighted to go there. I always run around Central Park at six miles. Um, sometimes I run on the Riverside, you know, the West Side Highway there, whatever. 
I don't know, we've got a friend who's there, Dave Obelkovich, and every uh, year he has a run around Manhattan, and it's um, the last weekend in January, and uh, it starts in his apartment on 97th Street on the west side and goes up to the top end of, of, uh, of Manhattan where they stop for coffee or something, about eight miles, and then back down the east side, another eight miles to somebody's apartment there, and you stop in there for a snack, and then down the rest of the way to the uh, Staten Island Ferry at the tip of Battery Park, where is another rest stop, and then eight miles back up to where we started, the guy's apartment. Wow. So wonderful run around Manhattan that happens the last Sunday of January every year. Wow. How many years have you done that? I've only done it a couple of times. Man, how many miles does that come 32. out? 32. 32. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 <laughs> and he just, just from his apartment, we're just going to start here at my place. Yeah, he just gets a few people together. He just gets some friends together and they go run it. That's, that's amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it's dynamite. <laughs> You've you've had a you've done a, a little bit of everything. <laughs> Running running's been good for me. Yeah, I, I can tell. I, that's 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 pretty awesome. I mean, seems like you've traveled lots of different places to to run. Did you ever, you know, with your wife, would you plan like vacations around any races you wanted to do? Well, the trip to San Diego every year, you know, was a vacation, a winter vacation from Las Vegas. Um, that's about it. I have, we didn't go to Tokyo to run the Tokyo marathon or anything, but whatever. <laughs> well, I, I think you, you, <laughs> you still, with, even without Tokyo, you've still done plenty. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. I think this is a good place to wrap up. I, I really appreciate your time. And this is a, a, a lot of fun talking to you about and, and, and kind of hearing, uh, you know, some of your stories. And I got one last question for you. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, uh, are you listening to any music that kind of gets you motivated, gets you kind of energized before you get on your runs or your bikes or, or your swims? I guess that's terrible, but not really. I, um, uh... I was singing in the community choir here and I love that. And so I'm torturing my poor wife with singing around the house. <laughs> but we like country music. That's about it. Well, that's nice. Well, and, and I think everybody's, everybody's different. Some people, you know, use it to, to kind of get energized beforehand or, or they'll take, you know, their music out now. And some people, you know, don't, don't, don't use it at all. I've had some, even some of my high school kids that I've talked to, you know, they'll, they'll use uh, motivational speakers and stuff before, you know, meets and stuff. So really, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, instead of music. So, you know, that's, that's, it's all so unique and different to, to everybody, which is, you know, it's fascinating to me. You know, you didn't talk about something that maybe I could throw in here, Sebastian. Oh yeah. That is, that I've done about um, five or six long distance bike rides 
I've done the Santa Fe Trail Ride, which uh, rides from Santa Fe to uh, New New Brunswick or New Britain, Missouri, the length of the Santa Fe Trail. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, that was an 1,100-mile bike ride that we took three weeks on, almost three weeks on. And I've bicycled the Great Divide Trail. It's a mountain bike ride in Montana, starting at Whitefish and going south, sort of to Butte. And um, with some friends here, I've, I've done a bicycle ride in the Cascades from the Columbia River to Crater Lake, basically. Um, camping, you know, always between. And then my wife and I have done uh, three bicycle trips in Europe. We um, we bicycled down the Altmühl, which goes to um, which goes into the Rhine, and then down the Rhine uh, towards Vienna. And we've also bicycled the Elbe, which is a river between east and west of Germany, sort of goes from Prague, Ham- Hamburg, every all the places in between. So uh, we've done bunches of long distance bike riding as well. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't I I didn't even know that was something you had done. That's that that is awesome and, and unique and I, I didn't even wow. <laughs> well it's way fun. You know, what we've done is uh we own bicycle panniers, bicycle saddlebags. So we put our all of our stuff in the bicycle saddlebag, put the saddlebag in a duffel bag with our bike helmet and put it on the plane and fly to Europe and then take the train to somewhere we want to start, go to the nearest bike shop and buy a bicycle, <laughs> pedal, off down, pedal off down the trail, sell the bicycle when we're done and get back on the plane and come home three weeks later or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> those kind of trips, mostly we stay in B&B kind of places, you know. Yeah. I, what is it like? You know, I, the, the, the ones you described here in, in, in the United States, you know, sound pretty fun. But I, what is it like bicycling through sections of Europe like that? Well, um, Germany particularly is fadat uh, freundlich. It's bicycle friendly. So um, they really have, you know, wonderful uh, infrastructure for bicycling. And nice bicycle paths, paved bicycle paths. Mostly we've been on on recovered towpaths. You know, all these rivers in Germany used to be navigable by barges, so they had towpaths beside them. So now all those towpaths are, a lot of those towpaths are turned into bicycle uh, rides. And there are a lot of people out riding their bicycle in all those places, and uh, there's restaurants along the way that, that advertise for bicyclists and their places that say, yes, come stay here. You can park your bicycle in the basement or whatever, you know, and there's a lot of marketing for bicyclists and um, a lot of enthusiasm for that stuff in Europe. That's so it's very, it's, it's very, very nice to go bicycling, at least where we've been in Germany. I think it's great bicycling in much of the rest of Europe also. But I've only been in Germany, really. That's amazing. You know, it's it's funny. You mentioned earlier about um, Wheeler's Peak, and you know, you were 
hiking had to stop and take your breath and and these guys just kind of running past you running up it and you know i think the same thing with bicycling i can't imagine you know i i struggle up just basic hills on a bike i can't imagine you know some of these these higher hills in um you know the continental divide or or any of these other things like those had to have been pretty tough well of course they're all kind of guys who bicycle over the passes in the alps and stuff like that right and i think of that as something maybe more suitable for your younger bicyclist <laughs> mostly i just go down the hill you know riding down up or down on a towpath it's pretty easy riding well that's good <laughs> Wow, that's that's what you know. That's a lot of that's a lot of miles. I, do you have a? It, and the way you talk about it is Germany. Your has that been your favorite kind of following the river and stuff? Yeah, Germany's been really nice for bicycling for us. I um, part of it is that I uh, I went to school in Austria when I was a youngster, and so I know a bit of German. Makes it more fun. That's that's really cool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask how you if you uh, if you spoke any or or how you got how you got by. That's 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 awesome. You don't need to speak any. You know, it would be fine to go to Turkmenistan or someplace as far as the language is concerned. But um, it does. The more you know, the more fun you have in a lot of ways. That's that's <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you know, what time of the year do you do you go for? Or something right. Like um, September is the best time because kids are back in school and still uh, nice weather and um, uh, all the B&Bs and restaurants are still open. We've also bicycled in, in October and that's a little more problematic, but it's okay. But September is the best time for me anyway so far. Um, when you went in October, was it, did you uh, go to any Oktoberfests or anything? We could have. <laughs> well, that's that's that sounds like a lot of fun. I I, I had no idea you had um, you had done that. You, I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. You've done a little bit of everything, but you really have. Well, bicycling, I love. It's really really nice. Now that I've broken my hip on the bicycle, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be tough. I'm cutting back on my road biking. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's dangerous business, particularly for me. Right. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully you you heal up soon here, and and you're able to kind of get back at it. And and uh, you know, again, I know there's no no pools so much for the swimming or, or any of that stuff. But you know, hopefully, maybe the biking gets a little bit more comfortable again, or you know, something. But I'm excited to, you know, that you're still out there and you know, still have these, these plans and stuff. Are you, do you think you're going to do any more races when, uh, when races come back? I don't know. There's probably not too much competition in the 80 plus age group, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll have to start looking up some records, see what they're at. <laughs> yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, Joe, this has been a lot of fun. You know, thank you for for taking the time to talk with me. You know, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go for today? I think we're good. I already got to add my bicycling exploits, so that's good enough. 
Thank you for taking the time to join me today. If you can, please rate and review, but most importantly, spread the word so we can grow this community. If you know of any runners that deserve a shout out or should be interviewed, or you just want to share your runs and connect with other people, use the hashtag RunningNM on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me at RunningNM on both these platforms. If you prefer to reach out by email, you can find me at runningnewmexico at gmail.com. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud under DJ Teach. And until next time, keep running, New Mexico.